0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with
1: Viator. People say that the older the walk, the better the food tastes. It holds food memory. It just keeps on giving, and the food tastes better. Grace Young grew up in San Francisco, where her father was
2: a liquor salesman. His customers were mostly in Chinatown. When
1: Grace wasn't in school, she would go with him on his daily rounds. And so inevitably, we would be in Chinatown and we would have lunch there. Every few steps, it felt as though somebody would call out his name or he would see somebody that he recognized. And a lot of the stores and restaurants were owned by family or family friends. So it was a feeling of small-town America. Every Friday night,
2: Grace and her family would go out to eat together. Her father was obsessed with
1: finding the best stir-fries. In Cantonese, we say that when a stir-fry has been brilliantly cooked, that it possesses wok hei. So you know what wok means, and hei is the same as qi in Mandarin. So that means life force, or energy, or actual breath. So my father, from the time I was a child, would be so focused on wanting to make sure that the dish that we ordered from the restaurant had the most wok So because he knew all the restaurant owners, he was accustomed to just strolling into the kitchen and asking the owner what was best to eat, what was freshest. And then he would always say to the owner in Cantonese, give it more wok hei. And he always wanted us to sit at the table closest to the kitchen door because he wanted the least amount of time to elapse from the food coming out of the flaming hot wok Onto the platter and to our table and into our mouths. He didn't want to sit at the table farthest from the kitchen, so the food would cool down as the waiter was walking across the room. (laughs)
2: Even even that
1: ten seconds. (laughs) Oh yeah. And so I always say to people, walk hay is like food right off the grill. It just has that fiery energy, and so the flavors are much more intense and concentrated and there's an actual wok aroma that the food has that's extremely special that dissipates within a few minutes just the simplest stir fries like i love a stir fry of snow pea shoots a classic dish like even beef chow fun is so fabulous if it's been made properly by a great chef At home, Grace's parents cooked mostly Cantonese food. They didn't consider themselves to be great cooks, but they were extremely focused on freshness. And because my father was in Chinatown every day, as he was walking down the street to call on a customer, he would notice that uh, the baby bok choy looked uh, particularly fresh, or he would see the truck stop and... um, the meat coming into the butcher shop, and so he would know that it was extra fresh. So um, one of the the principles of making a great stir-fry is you have to use fresh seasonal ingredients and that the quick cooking and high heat combined intensifies the natural flavors of whatever you're cooking. And so if you're cooking asparagus in December, there is no flavor to accentuate. But asparagus in the spring is delicate, and it has that wonderful, exquisite asparagus flavor. And so that high-heat, quick cooking just punches it up. So my father and mother were always shopping daily. They would never, ever— go to the market on Saturday, buy all the groceries, and then cook for the rest of the week. They did very simple cooking, but it was very important for them to cook home cooking for us every single day. So they were very, very focused on food.
2: Today, Grace Young is known as the walk therapist and the stir-fry guru. She learned to cook when she was young, but not from her parents. She learned from Julia Child. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Julia Child's The French Chef debuted on public television in 1963. It was one of the first cooking shows in America.
3: Hello, I'm Julia Child.
2: Welcome to The French Chef and the first show on our series on French cooking. In that first episode, Julia taught viewers how to make beef bourguignon.
3: And it's a wonderful show to begin our series on because it shows you so many useful things about French cooking. How to brown meat how to raise onions...
1: To I had never seen or met anyone like Julia. I just loved her personality. She was a little jolly. You know, she was always in a good mood. I was just completely mesmerized. I loved her. I was fascinated by what she was cooking. None of it was familiar to me. I didn't know what a soufflé was or brioche or croissants but she was just so appealing to me and I remember all my other friends their favorite shows on TV were like the Beverly Hillbillies or you know, I don't I was the only one who was to my knowledge who was watching a cooking show The French Chef was filmed live to tape if Julia made
2: a mistake, it couldn't be edited out. Her husband Paul described her as a natural clown. Once, Julia famously flipped a potato pancake, but failed to catch it in her skillet. She looked at the camera and said, you can always pick it back up, and if you're alone in the
1: kitchen, who's going to see? I remember that at the end of the show, they would always say, uh, you can send a self-addressed envelope to WGBH in Boston and get this week's recipe. And so I would send this self-addressed envelope, and sure enough, I would get the recipe. Every week I did this, and then they would put the recipe folded up, you know, like a Xeroxed recipe, into my envelope and mail it back to me. The recipes from the show were eventually compiled into a cookbook
2: also called The French Chef. Grace bought a copy when she was 11 years old. She asked her mother if she could try making a recipe from it. She'd
1: just seen an episode where Julia had made brioche. And so I said to my mother, I I want to make brioche. Obviously, we had to go to the supermarket and buy yeast, this is not an ingredient that is typically used in Chinese cooking. Actually, yeast is used in Chinese cooking. When you make dim sum, they use yeast to make the, the Chinese steam bread. But um, it was not anything my parents ever used. And so I followed the instructions. And in those days, the oven didn't have a glass door. You know, I put the brioche into the oven. And I remember... The kitchen aroma that filled the room was just intoxicating.
2: Was it unlike any smell you'd had in your kitchen before because your parents were cooking Cantonese food and not French brioche?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was completely new and so wonderful. And then I remember opening the oven door and the brioche were perfect. They were golden. They had risen with that beautiful glossy ball on top. And I remember us eating the brioche. It was so delicious. And the look on my—you know, I think maybe a child always wants to please their parents, but that my mother was just kind of looking at me like, you did this? And I often say to people that I've—you know, I've read uh, stories about how comedians— Recall the first time they said a joke in public and how incredible it was to hear that applause or laughter, and that they wanted to do it again. And that's the feeling that I had that I wanted to make another Julia recipe. I wanted to, like, have another success. Like, it was this intoxicating feeling of, like, Wow, you can follow her recipe, and it makes something so delicious, and it makes everyone so happy. So it was a a life-changing experience. She tried cream puffs next.
2: The recipe called for them to be filled with pastry cream, flavored with creme de menthe. Grace's father had creme de menthe in stock as part of his liquor business.
1: But he only had the green kind— while the recipe called for clear. And he said to me, the green tastes exactly like the clear. You can use the green. We don't need to buy the clear. And so when you fold green creme de menthe into custard-colored creme patisserie, it's, it turns at this awful chartreuse color. I remember my brother laughing. My brother was older than me, and, and he made fun of the color of this thing that I had made. You know, so that was kind of crushing to me, right, after all the great success of the brioche. But it did taste delicious. And as my father said, you know, the taste of the creme de menthe was fine if you didn't look at the color. She loved the feeling of following a Julia recipe.
2: She learned to cook roast lamb and spinach souffle, but she mostly cooked on special
1: occasions. On a daily basis, her parents were still in charge in the kitchen. Because in a Chinese household, it's really important that your the children are doing their homework. So my parents were not about, you need to be standing in the kitchen helping out, you need to learn how to do this. This was not something that they thought was important. But Grace was eager to cook more, and when she was
2: 13... She read in the newspaper about a French chef named Josephine Araldo who was giving cooking lessons.
1: And she lived about a five-minute drive from my parents' home. And she had studied at the Cordon Bleu under the founder, Henri Pellepraud. And she had been Isadora Duncan's personal chef in France. And then she had come to San Francisco to work for this very famous, or very wealthy, San Francisco family. And... Now she was in her 70s, and she decided that Americans didn't know how to cook and that she would teach cooking lessons from her home. She asked
2: her parents if she could take lessons with Josephine. When they asked her how she would pay, she told
1: them she had a plan. I convinced my father to bring me over to her house. Josephine was this really charming, wonderful grandmother type, and I told Josephine that I could help her out through the lesson and wash dishes in exchange for free cooking lessons. I really wanted to learn French cooking, and I wanted to see it up close. And Josephine agreed. Grace learned from
2: Josephine in her tiny home kitchen, sometimes with 15 other students.
1: Josephine had a garden outside where she grew her own vegetables and herbs. So two or three nights a week, My father would drive me to Josephine's home. I would get there at 6, and the lesson would start at 6.30, and it would last until, like, 8. And then my father would come, pick me up, bring me home. Her parents
2: said that she could keep going to Josephine's as long as her grades were good. And then, when she was 15, she read in the paper that Julia Child was coming to
1: San Francisco. She was going to be doing a book signing. And I didn't know what a book signing was. But I convinced my father to take off from work and drive me to the White House department store so that I could attend this book signing. We'll be right back.
2: Support for This Is Love comes from Indeed, Hiring someone new can sometimes feel like finding a missing puzzle piece. The right person can complete a team, but the search can take a long time. And sometimes it feels entirely up to chance. Indeed is designed to help you find that perfect match much easier and much faster. Indeed's matching engine learns from your preferences for job candidates and becomes more accurate over time. That means the more you use it, the better it gets. You also don't need to worry about the busy work of hiring. Indeed will help you with scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Listeners to this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash thisislove. Just go to indeed.com slash thisislove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash thisislove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? you need indeed.
3: Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docuseries, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. (laughs) I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. (laughs) The White House department store
2: was just a few blocks south of Chinatown near San Francisco's Union Square. Grace and her father got in line. She brought her paperback copy of The French Chef
1: with her. It was, you know, all these very, very elegantly dressed women. I don't remember seeing any men in the audience. I was the only child, and I believe my father and I were the only Asians. And and I waited patiently in line uh, to get my little paperback signed. Were you nervous? No, no. I was really excited. That day, Julia's husband, Paul, was also there. Paul and
2: Julia had met in 1944, when they were both stationed in Sri Lanka, working for the Office of Strategic Services, an American intelligence agency. They married in 1946... Paul joined the U.S. Foreign Service, where he was stationed in Paris, and Julia learned to cook. She began studying at Le Cordon Bleu. She joked that Paul was a
1: Cordon Bleu widower. I I couldn't believe that I was seeing Julia Child in color, because on television she was black and white. And so when I finally got up to the line, uh, she signed my book and Paul signed my book, And um, my father took a photograph of Julia and me, and then I mailed the photograph to WGBH, and she autographed the photo and mailed it back to me. It was just this really, really thrilling moment. Grace kept up her lessons with Josephine through
2: high school. She went to Berkeley for college, and even though she was still close to home... She missed living with her parents. She especially missed their cooking.
1: So she bought her first wok and her first Chinese cookbook. And I followed the instructions for how to season the wok, and it was a mess. This thing turned sticky and got rusty, and I, it, was, it just didn't turn out. It wasn't like following a Julia recipe. <laughs> it didn't work. And... I think I remember following one of their recipes for a dish that I was familiar with that I'd grown up eating with my parents, and it didn't turn out right. It it just didn't taste right. And I remember tossing the wok, and a few months later, buying another wok and trying it again. And again, it just—this book was not written by Julia Child, (laughs) someone with Julia's accuracy and precision and attention to detail— Julia Child had designed her recipes
2: to be foolproof. She said that she wanted Mastering the Art of French Cooking to be a teaching book that took home cooks step-by-step through a recipe and told them what to do if they made a mistake. Grace didn't try to make a stir-fry again for another ten years. By then, she was living in New York,
1: where she ran the test kitchen for Time Life's cookbooks. And I got to learn about italian cooking and we did french cooking we did american country cookbooks for time life books so i you know i i was sort of exploring all these different things but i was always going back to san francisco two or three times a year and when i'd go home i'd have these wonderful dishes with my parents and you know there's a certain point in your life where you realize food is memory And food is connection to something very deep in your soul. And I wanted to learn those recipes. So um, in my 30s, I started going home to cook with my parents. One of her friends suggested that she write a cookbook
2: of her family's recipes. At first, Grace's parents resisted the
1: idea. First of all... I remember my mother was extremely embarrassed and actually a little angry that I had gotten a book contract to write my family's recipes. And she was, you know, we're not professional cooks. We didn't go to cooking school. You are going to write a book about my cooking? You know, so she just felt like people would be laughing. You know, her friends would be like... She must have told her daughter she's a great cook. She she just didn't appreciate that that you can be a great cook and be a home cook that's self-taught. And at first when I asked her to, I wanted to learn all the comfort foods that I loved growing up. And she would show me the dish and I'd say, this doesn't taste quite right, Mama. This is not the way I remember it. And she would say to me, oh, the the real way, it takes too long. You don't have that kind of time. And I'd say, no, Mama, that's just the point. I, I want the real recipe. Oh, okay. So it, it took a lot of uh, wheeling and dealing and convincing to finally get my mother and father on board to show me how to make these recipes. But once they got into the groove, not only did they show me how to make these dishes that I love so much, but we ended up talking about the past. She learned all kinds of things
2: about her parents she had never heard before. They would cook and talk. And she learned that when her mother was growing up in Shanghai, she would fold her own red envelopes for Lunar New Year. Grace learned about her mother's experiences at boarding school and how she would go home on weekends... And Grace's grandparents would send her back to school with two jars of stir-fry to eat, instead of the school food. And Grace learned, for the first time, that like Julia child, her mother had not learned to cook until she was married. She had just moved to San Francisco and found herself homesick for her favorite foods from childhood. Many of her friends, who had just immigrated, also didn't know how to cook. They taught themselves
1: through trial and error. And I now realize that for all of them, it was impossible for them to even consider the idea of eating macaroni and cheese, meatloaf, spaghetti and meatballs, that that was not even a possibility. And that the taste of home cooking was something that was so important to them, not only for the taste, but for a sense of well-being. Because Chinese food is not just about taste. There are so many things that you eat throughout the year to keep your body in balance. She says that trying to write down her
2: parents' recipes was as difficult as catching an animal in the wild.
1: Her mother never slowed down to explain what she was doing. When I watched her cook, she could put together three or four recipes all at once without ever consulting any notes or a cookbook, that she was such a natural cook, and that she never measured anything, that it would be a pinch of this, or that she could eyeball it, that she knew how to stir something until it just reached a certain consistency, or, and, and that they taught me that you just had to be very observant as you were cooking, that... You had to watch, you had to listen to hear a particular sound. That's when you would know to stop or to check. Um, So they were very intuitive cooks. And then when I would go back to New York and follow the recipe, it was just such a high to replicate it, you know, to like, Oh my God, I made it. This tastes exactly the way it should. So it was that same high that I had when I first cooked with Julia's recipes. She called her book The Wisdom of the Chinese Kitchen. It included her
2: family's recipes and stories about her parents. A few months later, the American Institute of Wine and Food invited Grace to speak at a Lunar New Year banquet in San Francisco. She ended up sitting next to Julia Child. In 2000, Julia Child was 88 years old. She had just launched a new cooking show with Jacques Pepin. And on Lunar New Year, she was at the American Food and Wine Institute's banquet, seated at
1: Grace Young's table. All night, Grace watched as people stopped to talk to Julia. Young women came up and said, I just want you to know, Julia, that um, you mean so much to me and my mother. Or older woman came up and said, I just want you to know that my daughter and I have been cooking your recipe for years, and, you know, we just love you. And each person Julia would look at, and, and what's your name, and where are you from, and what do you do? And she was completely engaged and connected to them. And I realized in experiencing that evening with Julia that everybody... I think thought that their experience with Julia was unique but so many of us were changed by her that her impact was so powerful Grace also brought her parents that night throughout the evening you know it's the chinese custom that when you're at a meal you never take food for yourself you always are serving the person to the left and to the right of you and so the whole evening my mother was serving Julia child and my mother always took the serving to the nth degree you know it was often embarrassing as a child to be at a party with her because she would just give people way too much food and people would say no 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 i've had enough and then she would be extra polite and still give them more food and so My mother was serving Julia, and I was just, again, kind of cringing, like, no, mama, don't give her too much food. But everything my mother put on Julia's plate, Julia ate. And so Julia was this bottomless pit. Like, it was the perfect combination to set my mother next to Julia, because she just kept on serving Julia more and more food, and Julia cleaned up her plate. At the end of the
2: night, Grace's father turned to Julia. Grace thought he was going to ask Julia a
1: question, but then he reached into his pocket. Suddenly, I saw him reach his hand towards Julia, and I saw that he was offering her toothpicks. And I was just mortified. I was like, no, Papa, don't do that. No, 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 no. But meanwhile, Julia took the toothpick, My mother was next to my father. She took a toothpick. And the three of them were picking at their teeth with their hand over their mouth. Um, And so, of course, you know, in those days there were no smartphones, but I wish I could take a photograph in my mind, right, of the three of them, all of them using toothpicks. Grace's father took another photo of Grace and Julia. And it's a hilarious photograph because she's wearing one of those stupid name tags that says Julia Child. Like, why would you ever have to give her a name tag? Everybody in the room knew who Julia was. Before Grace left that night, Julia stopped her to tell her that they should keep in touch. And she reached into her purse, and I thought to myself, oh my God, she's going to give me her business card. And she pulled out her checkbook. And... Uh, she gave me her deposit slip. And on the deposit slip on the upper left-hand corner were her two addresses from Cambridge and Santa Barbara. And it already had her phone number written there, but she handwrote her phone numbers again. I was just, like, beaming, you know? It was just... It was so Julia, right? You know, at that time, I, I had just designed a new business card. I was like... You don't need a business card. Just give people your deposit slip. (laughs) A month
2: after the Lunar New Year banquet,
1: Grace got a postcard from Julia. Typewritten that said that she had seen that my cookbook, The Wisdom of the Chinese Kitchen, had been nominated for two IACP, International Association of Culinary Professional Awards. One was the Julia Child First Cookbook Award, and the other nomination was Best International Cookbook. And then she wrote in hand, handwriting, um, "I hope you win." Wisdom of the Chinese Kitchen won for Best International Cookbook.
2: Julia was also at the award ceremony. Grace's husband took a photo of her with Grace that night, too. They're both beaming. This time, Julia is not wearing a name tag. Grace has since written two more cookbooks, The Breath of a Walk and Stir-Frying to the Sky's Edge. You know, you've won a lot of awards, and, and recently you've won the James Beard Foundation and Julia Child Foundation. Do you think you've done for Cantonese cooking... What Julia Child did for French cooking.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, I, I will say that um, I have—I think I've made a big impact for people who aren't accustomed to cooking with a wok. At the beginning of Julia's French chef cookbook, she wrote that when she started writing the book— she wanted to take the bugaboo out of French cooking. I just love that word, bugaboo. And so when I started writing Wisdom of the Chinese Kitchen, I thought to myself, I want to take the bugaboo out of Chinese cooking. And I, I met someone who bought one of my cookbooks maybe about 10 years ago, and he and his wife lived in Lake Tahoe. And... He said to me, you know, there aren't any good Chinese restaurants in Tahoe. So when I make my stir fries, all my friends, they all know about wok hei. And they'll say to me, don't start cooking until I come, because I don't want to miss the wok hei. And that just made me so happy because I thought, wow, you know, my obsession about wok hei comes from my father, And now because of my books, it's passed on to somebody living in Lake Tahoe, and all of his friends and buddies know about Wa Grace Young now lives in New
2: York, and she usually makes it to Chinatown one or two times a week. In 2020, after the beginning of COVID-19, she noticed how empty Chinatown was. She started coming every day, to buy groceries or takeout. For Christmas that year, she convinced a group of her friends to buy roast ducks from Chinatown restaurants instead of cooking Christmas dinner. She took it upon herself to arrange the orders and pickups. Grace describes herself as a quiet person and that she's accidentally become a voice for
1: Chinatown. In New York City's Chinatown, 98% of the businesses are mom and pop. Most of New York City no longer has mom-and-pop businesses. And in this day and age where we have so many big box stores and uh, everyone is buying things online, there is something so extraordinary about going to a community like Chinatown and walking into a restaurant where the waiters recognize you and remember what your favorite dishes are or going into a market and, you know, the clerks behind the counter know that you you love lotus root, you know, or you're always uh, appreciative of young spring ginger. A few
2: weeks ago, she received the Julia Child Award for her work sharing Chinese culinary traditions and preserving Chinatowns across the country. When you first saw Julia Child on television all those years ago, was there any
1: part of you that thought,
2: I think I'll make my life in cooking?
1: No, no, I don't. I mean, I don't think I consciously thought that, but I just knew that I wanted to cook. Um, When I was in my 30s, I discovered Joseph Campbell the American scholar and mythologist, and I remember him speaking about the fact that when you follow your bliss, um, you put yourself on track for the life that you're meant to lead. And when he said that, I immediately thought, well, that's what happened when I was a child. When I saw Julia, and I saw her cooking, it was my bliss, it, it, something resonated inside of me. I recognized something. And from that point on, I, I just followed where that led me. She made me want to cook. She made me interested in exploring a cuisine I'd never even heard of before. She just opened up my possibilities. Grace recently donated her copy
2: of The Friend's Chef Cookbook and her photos with Julia Child, along with her family's walk to the Smithsonian. This Is Love is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Katie Bishop is our supervising producer. Our producers are Susanna Robertson, Jackie Sajiko, Libby Foster, and Samantha Brown. Our technical director is Rob Byers, engineering by Russ Henry. Learn more about the show on our website, thisislovepodcast.com. If you like the show, tell a friend or leave us a review. It means a lot. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at thisisloveshow. We're also on TikTok at Criminal Underscore Podcast, where we post a lot of behind-the-scenes content of both shows. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Discover more great shows at podcasts.voxmedia.com. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Love.